Hello and welcome to Broadband, a segment that is part feed your soul and part food for thought. It features personal reflections and information about some of the great things going on in the world because you need to take care of yourself in order to take care of the world. And on today's segment, an interview with a filmmaker celebrating some of the unsung heroines who were part of the American fabric. But first, a piece by Nancy Alder called Bringing Myth to Life, where she reflects on what women sometimes face when navigating the daily art of living. Mary Oliver spent most of her life dirt poor, eating fish from Cape Cod and scribbling poems during forest wanders. Her life was beautiful not because of the recognition she received, but because it was handmade by her, a patchwork of moments dedicated to her heart's true love. She reminds me of the old fairy tale about the red shoes. In it, a barefoot girl foraging in the wilderness crafts red shoes for herself out of bits and scraps she gathers, but is then enticed into a gilded carriage by an old woman who offers her comforts in exchange for being good and burns her red shoes as trash. The girl, heartbroken, becomes obsessed, despite everyone's warnings, with a pair of shiny red shoes in a shop that become enchanted and dance her into a feverish state beyond her will. She's only able to escape by cutting off her own feet. As women, we've been taught to seek security, love, and success through others' support and approval, while our deeper hunger for genuine purpose and expression often drives us into compulsive, desperate, and even reckless choices. But we can regain our clarity and vitality. I invite you to begin noticing what inspires in you a sense of curiosity, focus, and peaceful joy, and seeing if you can lean into making more space for it. Don't be disheartened by how petty it might seem. Grief over your past choices, resentment for the barriers you face, or the toxic belief that you have to go big or go home. Just as Mary Oliver invited us, let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Let that guide you as much as you dare and see where it leads. For it is the red shoes we craft with steady diligence in the solitary wilderness of our lives that really ground us, move us, and bring us joy as all else falls away. And they are, ironically, also what the world most needs. Bringing Myth to Life was presented by Nancy Alder, and you can learn more about her work of exploring mystical spiritual traditions and psychology with a focus on shamanic practice, shadow work, and applied mythology by visiting her website, innerwoven.net. Next up, a conversation with documentary filmmaker Charlotte Mangin about her newest project, Unladylike 2020. It's an innovative multimedia project featuring extraordinary American women from the early years of feminism. What motivated you to do this video uh, series? Sure. So a few years ago, I brought my two little boys to the Intrepid Museum, the aircraft carrier here in New York. And uh, we happened to be there on a day that a children's book author was doing a book launch of a story called Soar Eleanor, which was about the youngest licensed pilot in the world in the 1920s. She was 16 when she got her license. 
and the men at her airfield didn't believe that, quote, a girl could fly, and they dared her to fly under a bridge, because this was the time when what's called barnstorming was becoming all the rage, uh, you know, these crazy aerial stunts, loop-de-loops, and so on. And she ended up flying under all four bridges of the East River to really prove herself to them, and uh, went on to become this extraordinary test pilot, broke a lot of endurance records, and late in her career worked for NASA on flight simulators. And I was so moved by this story, uh, inspired, but also really frustrated. Why have I never heard of Eleanor Smith? You only ever hear of Amelia Earhart and you move on as if she were the only one. So I started to research Eleanor and she led me to other pilots and they led me to women in other professions and slowly, it was a sort of nights and weekends obsession. I started to uncover this treasure trove of stories about women in US history who didn't make it into our history books. And then when I realized that the centennial of women's suffrage is coming up in 2020, uh, August 26th of 1920 is when the 19th Amendment was ratified, I thought, perfect timing. I'm going to tie it to this um, historic milestone. And uh, I've been a documentary filmmaker for 20 years. And so my form of storytelling is, is documentary work. Uh, and so, it, so the story just sort of evolved out of all of this research. So let's, I kind of got a little ahead of myself, or maybe not. Can you share with the listeners what the project is? Oh, absolutely. So um, it, it, it's now known as Unladylike 2020. Unladylike because these women were doing things that were not considered ladylike for the time. And uh, 2020 because of the centennial of women's suffrage. Uh, and and also connoting, you know, 2020 vision on the past, a, a, a new way to see uh, our history. And uh, at the core of the project is going to be 26 animated documentary shorts. They'll be between five and seven minutes each, and they'll be um, released weekly during the 26 weeks between March 1 of 2020, the start of Women's History Month, and August 26th, which is the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. And then there will also be a broadcast hour um, uh, on PBS's biography series, American Masters. They just came on board with the project. It's super exciting. Um, and, and hopefully a few other digital partners, Facebook Watch, YouTube, you know, so, so we're going to try to have it live in a lot of different spaces and reach various audiences with an interest in women's issues, women's history, biography, um, and hopefully a lot of youth because through, through the partnership with PBS, I don't know if you're aware, they have um, a platform called Learning Media, which is used by 1.6 million educators around the country. And they're really excited to create curriculum for social studies and US history classes um, in middle and high schools around the country. We've actually been building a, a, what we're calling a creative advisory board of, of girls a, a, in middle and high school to, to sort of gauge their reaction to the work. Uh, uh, and also to tell us, you know, where are the, what are the platforms through which this could go viral for 
women, girls and women of your generation. Um, so it's been really fascinating to interview them about what are the ways that they share media <laughs> that may not be the way that, that my generation does. So just to explain the animated part of the documentaries, and this is part of what I think will really appeal to youth, because archive is quite limited from women at the turn of the 20th century, in some cases we're only able to find a handful of portraits of them, for instance, and very little of them actually in action doing the work that they did. Uh, I've I'm collaborating with an artist who, who's someone who usually works uh, in, the, in museums and galleries. She's really a fine artist. Um, and she is taking the archive and bringing color and life to it and, and also helping us fill in the gaps with animation. Uh, but that's not, you know, a Disney approach to animation. It's very artistic and, uh, and kind of raw. And, and I think makes history exciting to a young audience who might otherwise find black and white photography boring. What's her name? Yeah. Her name is Emilie Chaban. She's uh, French born and we've been friends for 20 years. So it's, it's on top of it all, a really friendly collaboration, which is fun. Mm -hmm. um, so what has been like maybe the most surprising thing that you've discovered in your research? Excellent question. Uh, the, the diversity of these women, I think that I had never before heard a narrative that women and especially women of color changed America a hundred years ago. And, um, and often because women of color had always worked to, to some extent, it was perhaps more acceptable for them to be entering professional fields than, than white uh, middle or upper class women. Who, who were expected to be ladies. <laughs> and um, so, so that's been the most exciting thing to me is how much these women reflect the diversity of our country. And you're right, inspiring is definitely a word that keeps coming up for me as I listen to you describe this. I have a final question for you. Let's look down the road, let's look into the future. And let's say in 20 years, you're gonna do another series. What would I like to share in 20 years? Well, I, I would love in 20 years to be able to say that we've, that we have reached, that we've gotten a little closer to gender parity uh, in some professions. I'll, I'll give aviation as an example. Um, less than 6% of pilots in the U.S. today are women. And unfortunately, you know, if you look profession by profession, it, it often is, is the case that it's, it's, it's certainly less than 50, but, but usually <laughs> less than 25 or even 10% of, of women, especially in professions that are STEM related, you know, science, technology, um, traditionally more male dominated, remain male dominated. So I, 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 would, I would love in 20 years to be able to say, you know, that there's twice as many female pilots in America as there were <laughs> today, for, you know, as an example. Uh, that would really be beautiful, but but I think you know beyond the numbers and the statistics. Uh, as a girl who grew up being told, you know, behave a certain way, be ladylike, don't forget to cross your legs, what, you know, be careful, don't don't get your skirt dirty, watch out. I, I would just love for girls being raised today to be instead told like you can do what ever you want in life go for it <laughs> and and that's a society-wide shift that has to happen in the way that we 
parent and and educate our our girls. For more information about the untold history shared in that video series, check out the website, unladylike2020.com. Well, that's all the time I have for this episode of Broadband. I'm going to close out with a bit of music by Anna Birch. She's a musician out of Detroit, Michigan, and this tune is called Too Cool to Care. Thanks to Riot Act Media for getting this track in my hands. Have a great day, and thanks for listening, and... Happy International Women's Month. You've got all your friends used up all their meds, honey. I'll still be